Welcome to another episode of Lead, Love, Thrive, a personal growth podcast designed to help Christ followers overcome their inner obstacles so they can confidently stand in their God-given gifts, step into their God-given power, and thrive as they fulfill their God-given potential, purpose, and destiny. I'm your host and Chief Cheerleader, Radhika Cruz, and it's my hope that today's episode will encourage and equip you with the insight and tools you need for overcoming every obstacle that's keeping you stuck from becoming and fulfilling every great thing God has purpose for you to do and become. What's going on, everyone? I wanted to just come on here and share with you all some things that I've been reading and researching, blog, I'm going to be blogging about and podcasting about, and that is on the topic of shame resilience. I believe it's so important because so many of us have experienced things in life that have caused us to feel shame. And we know that God takes away our shame, but we know that it is a very uncomfortable feeling. And so a big researcher who has studied shame is Dr. Brittany Brown, and she defines shame as the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of acceptance and belonging. And I can just see how the enemy likes to use this feeling of shame to steal, kill, and destroy our joy, our peace, our potential, our power in God, our confidence, our faith, our hope, our love, our relationships. And so that's why I think it's so important to talk about this thing called shame and learn how to become more shame resilient. Yes, we have God. Yes, we have the spirit of God and he takes away all of our shame, but sometimes we need people to walk with us and help us to overcome these feelings and learn how to process them and move through them effectively so that we do not have our joy, our purpose, our power, and our potential robbed from us, right? Because that is, that's the enemy's plan. Honestly, he wants to use, this is just a tool of the enemy to shut you down, to cause you to act in ways that are not who God has created you to be. And so that's the definition of shame. And then, you know, Renee's, Renee's research talks about 12 different areas that women typically experience shame. And so I'm going to share this with you really quick. They're also going to be in my podcast. We talk a little bit about them and we're going to be talking about each of the four shame resiliency elements in the next couple content pieces that I'm going to be putting out. And so what are those 12 areas? Number one, appearance and body image. I shared my own personal story of something related to my appearance on my social media. So go check that out and see if you can relate and drop me some comments about that. The second is motherhood, right? Not feeling like you're a good enough mother because there's some societal, cultural ideal that is projected onto us. And then when we feel like we don't meet that, right, those expectations or those identities, we feel shame. We feel like we're not good enough. There's shame about money and work, how much money you have, the type of work that you are involved in, right? And if it's not perceived as something of success, <laughs> then we can feel shame about the actual profession and the work that we do. There's shame around our mental and our physical health. Y'all don't even have to tell me, you know, how much negative stigma there is about mental health, especially amongst minorities, even though we are at twice the risk of suffering from mental health problems, simply from a cultural perspective, right? Um, there are, there's shame around sex and sexuality and good girls don't do that, you know, or, you know, it's, it's done this way, if you will, what's acceptable. There's shame about aging, right? Stay young, don't have gray hair, color your hair, all this all this stuff about that, right? You know, if you're 
a religious person, then you must automatically hate this type of people group, right? And so that's not an identity that any of us want. None of us want to be stereotyped or labeled as being haters, right? Against a particular people group. And so there's shame around sometimes even speaking the truth of the faith that we have. Some of us, there's shame around being stereotyped as li or labeled, right? As dumb, uh, as ugly, as inferior, you know, a race of people that are, are, are stupid. Um, there's shame around speaking out, you know, and this reminds me of a story in the Old Testament where Tamar was raped by her brother in, in the Old Testament. And we see that her brother told her, be quiet about this, you know, and, and Tamar told her brother, do not do this thing to me. Where can I go in my shame? Right. And so her other brother who wanted to vindicate her, right. Although I think he was dysfunctional in telling her to be quiet about it. And I, and I think that's one of the biggest problems with shame. Shame grows in secrecy and in silence. And so the more we can speak out against the things that have happened to us, this girl was raped and she was told to be quiet about it. And the scripture says that she lived her life as a desolate woman. And I think that's evidence that shows us that when we experience shameful experiences that have nothing to do with us, right? Nothing that we have done but things that have been done to us and be, you know, we've been betrayed um, by someone, someone who has taken a part of us that we did not give them permission to take. And by her silence, it caused her to get sick on the inside and she lived a life of, of being in desolation, right? So that's what shame can do when we don't call it out, when we don't seek out support and help and we don't even recognize what we're in. You know, there's shame around being barren, infertility. There's shame about uh, being weak in some area, having a disability, having a disease, having a diagnosis, being betrayed, right? Uh, something about your appearance. There's so many facets of our lives and experiences that cause us to feel shame. And the question is, what do you do with it? The question is not if you're going to, have to experience it because you will. <laughs> you live long enough uh, as a human, you will experience these shameful experiences. So the question then becomes, what do I do with it, right? Yes, I bring it to God. Yes, I pray, God, help me to overcome these feelings because shame, according to the research, is directly correlated with higher levels of depression, of grief, of anxiety, eating disorders, addiction, violence, you know, self-harm, all of those things. And it impacts our faith. It impacts our confidence. It impacts our ability to trust people. So our relationships are impacted. Our work is impacted. Our joy, our peace, our sense of purpose, our sense of hope, our health, physical health, mental health, all these different things. That's why it's important to talk about this. And I know a lot of people hear the word shame and they feel shame from hearing the word shame. And so they run away from it. And those are typically three ways that we respond. We move away from people and withdrawing in silence and solitude and secrecy. We move against others by using shame to fight shame. So you made me feel shame. I'm going to make you feel shame through the words and the behavior. Or we move toward people to people please in an effort to not feel not good enough, to not feel um, that that distressing feeling, right? So there's these four elements of shame resilience. And the first is recognizing shame and understanding our triggers. We need to know when we are feeling shame. That requires us to raise our emotional intelligence. 
Two, we need to practice critical awareness. And what does that mean? It means knowing why this shame is actually existing. What is this connected to? What is triggering this? And how does this shame work? How is it manifesting in my life? Am I moving away from others? Am I running away? Am I withdrawn? Am I turning against people without using aggression uh, to fight, you know, using shame to fight shame and being aggressive about it? Or am I trying to people please so that I don't feel that shame, right? All three of those approaches are not healthy. The third is reaching out and telling our story. You know, I love the phrase, whoever said it, that storytelling saves lives because it helps others to know that they are not alone in their pain. They are not alone in their shame. And it also helps others to know that you are not what happened to you. You do not need to be defined by what was done to you. You did nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. And so the more we open up and share our stories, the more it gives people permission it gives them the confidence to say, you know what? Yeah, that happened to me too. And it removes, it begins to cut shame off at the neck because again, shame lives and breathes in silence and secrecy. So the more we speak out, the more shame cannot live. The fourth thing is speaking shame or calling it out, right? Be our, our very survival depends on it. And so again, that is not allowing ourselves to sit in that. And when we see that on other people, not allowing them to sit in it and moving toward them with empathy. Brene Brown believes that empathy is the antidote to shame. And I would say that is, that is very important. But for me as a person of faith, I believe that God's love is truly the antidote to our shame because perfect love casts out all fear. And I believe that shame is rooted in fear because shame believes that I am not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I'm not attractive, right? And those are all the lies that the enemy wants you to believe about who you are so he can steal, kill, and destroy your relationships, your future, your work, your contribution, your hope, your optimism, your sense, your potential, your power in God, right? And if he can paralyze you and keep you stuck in shame, keep you silent, keep you small, keep you shrinking back, then he will be able to hold you as his captive, to hold you as his prisoner and stop you from walking into all that God has created you to be. And so shame is powerful and we need to cut shame off. We need to say shame off you, shame off me because of who I am in God and his blood, his grace covers me and I'm not what happened to me, right? Through God, I am able to become everything that he has designed, created, purposed, and positioned me to become. And shame will not have his power over us. And so, you know, I just want to encourage you that if you are walking in shame, that is not God's plan for you. That is not his purpose for you. He wants you to be free from that. But sometimes just like Tamar in the scripture, if we hold on to that, if we do not share our story, if we don't speak the truth of what happened to us, we will become desolate people walking in despair and barrenness. And we will experience some of those outcomes that the research shows, right? Depression, anxiety, eating disorders, substance abuse, right? We'll, we'll, we'll self-medicate somehow because we want to get rid of that feeling. And I just want you to know you are not meant to walk in that. No matter what has happened to you, you can be healed. You can be free. You can be restored. But it, it is a process. But it starts with calling out to God for help. And it starts with calling out to people, the people that he has put around you, that love you, that want to support you. But you have to open your mouth and tell your story. You know, when I was a little girl, I was molested as a child. 
And my parents protected me, of course. I remember going to court and having to testify. And it was, a, it was an extended relative. It was a one-time incident. Um, really didn't have a relationship with this person. He was really a stranger to me. But I was touched inappropriately. And I'll never forget, you know, that experience. And, my, and I remember my mom saying to me, and my mom is with Jesus now, but she said to me, why didn't you say something? Why didn't you call out for help? And I know she meant nothing wrong with that because my mother loves me. My mom did everything, her and my father, to protect me um, from harm. I remember that night, my dad, <laughs> I remember the police coming and my dad almost ran after that man to kill him, right? So there was no question about the love and the safety of my parents and them being able to protect me, okay? I just want that to be clear. <laughs> but from a child's perspective, when my mom said that to me, it made me think that I did something bad. I did not call out for help, right? And so I carry that with me for some time. And it's not something that we've actually talked about a lot in our family. And so when I, sh I was sharing this with my brothers the other day and I was like, man, I really feel like I'm supposed to share some of this. Um, and I just really didn't know how. <laughs> um, and a lot of times I don't think about it much. I don't feel like it has really caused me to be paralyzed in any kind of way, but it's not something that I've spoken a lot about. Um, and it hasn't been at the forefront of my mind, but I do believe that we need to share these experiences because God did allow it. He did not do it. He did not cause it because people are evil, right? And people all have free choices, but God did protect me in that. And he helped me to overcome that. And he has given me the confidence to be able to sit here now and tell you that I'm not what happened to me, right? He was with me in that and he has allowed me to forgive that man. My parents were able to forgive that man and he's paid his time. I don't know where he's at these days, you know, whatever. Um, but at the end of the day, I know that is nothing in comparison to what some other people have experienced in life. And so I'm not trying to say that my experience, you know, this is a ranking, you know, of sorts. I'm a lower level and it may be something you've experienced. It's not even about that. But the reality is this is something that happened to me. This is something that has caused me shame. It is something that I have not talked a lot about, but it is something that I believe is covered by the blood of God and that he has allowed me to not walk in that shame because I have had people in my life that I've been able to process it with. Okay. And so I think that's the point that I want to get across to you today, that no matter what your experience, you are not that thing that happened to you. You're not. But if you allow yourself to believe that, and if you allow secrecy and silence, it will hold you prisoner. It will suck the very life out of you. And I just plead with you. I beg of you to find someone that you love, that you trust, that you know is for you, that will not betray you, or betray your trust, that you can go to them confidently. Of course, ultimately God, but he's put people around us to help walk us through things, right? We are not meant to do this life alone. And so I just want to encourage you, seek out a trusted pastor, seek out a trusted friend, call a therapist, get the help you need because you were created for more. You were created for impact. And the more the enemy can keep you stuck and paralyzed in shame, the more he will be able to stop you from making the impact that you were created to make. Do not allow him that joy, that pleasure, right? Take back what belongs rightfully yours because you are a child of God. 
You are an heir. You are an ambassador. You have a purpose. You are, there is greatness inside of you, but the enemy doesn't want you to see that. He wants you to walk in shame. He wants you to walk in barrenness. He wants you to walk in isolation and secrecy and hold your head down. And I'm here to tell you, hold your head up because you have nothing to be ashamed of right? You were not that thing that happened to you. And so without going off on a tangent in a soapbox, I just wanted to come on here and share with you and say to you, shame off you, right? Empathy is a great support. God's love is there for you to wash over you. And even if you are not able to take that step and tell a friend and get the help that you need, bring it to God. He's always there. He's listening and his love will wash over you. Invite him into your pain and he will remove that shame. That's why he died on the cross to take your shame off of you. And so my brother, my sister, know that if you have listened to this, know that I have prayed for you, that you would flourish, that you would walk in the anointing and the purpose and the power and the potential that is inside of you and that you will not allow the enemy to use this thing called shame to steal your joy, to steal your peace, to steal your purpose, to steal your potential, to, to steal your impact that you were intentionally created by God to make on this earth. So know that I'm for you, know that God is for you, know that he is with you. And I just encourage you, to get the help that you need if you are feeling like you are stuck in shame. So I say again to you, shame off of you. Be blessed. Let me know if this encouraged you and let me know how I can pray with you. DM me, inbox me, email me, whatever it is. I want to be there to support you and encourage you on your journey because you were meant for more. I love you. Blessings to you. Be strong in the Lord and in God's mighty power. And I pray that you will rise up in his love and his power and his strength and know that he loves you more than you could ever possibly know. So be blessed. I'll talk to you next time. Peace.